Hi, welcome to the Midtown Vineyard Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us online. For daily encouragement, events, service times, and more, check out our website and social media. And now, this week's message. All right, here we are on the last day of what? You all don't know? Wow, this is, we could just camp out here for a while. I should have had a slide with a calendar on it. I know it does get confusing after Christmas. They say between Christmas and New Year's, we don't know what day it is, what time it is. If we should start eating, stop eating, it's just a continuous cycle. Um, But believe it or not, today is New Year's Eve, um, which means what year will it be tomorrow? We need to pass some coffee around. Like, what? what is happening here? Yeah, tomorrow's going to be 2024, which means for about another month, you'll still write 2023 on your checks. At least I will until I, f- I know if you write a check. There's a few checks we write per month in our house. Not that many, but it, because of that, it makes it even harder to change the year around um, as we figure out what we're doing. But I was thinking how awesome it is to be together on this day, on, I almost said January 31st, wow, okay, maybe I'm the one that needs a calendar, on December 31st, on the last day of the year, we're here together as a tribe to worship God, Um, we're going to have a chance to respond to God in a big way, and to look back at 2023 and pray into 2024, but we're doing it together. And we also probably have some guests with us because of that time of year visiting family, and we're so glad you're with us too. You're part of our tribe, and it's just going to be a great time. Um, as we've been traveling with, with David, we uh, for a while, we I kind of thought this would be a standalone meeting. It doesn't really fit any of our message Uh, lineups, but then we looked, and it said David's last words, and I'm like, perfect, because we're going to have last words of 2023, but first, I'm going to have a confession, and it was easier at the earlier service, because my family wasn't here, and uh, so you might pray for us, but last week, Tommy talked about our problem in the United States of having cluttered garages, Well, our garage is one of those that no cars fit into. And so I just thought you'd have to stay married to me after that confession. But um, anyway, it's just we all have reasons, and we could go into those reasons, but it's just stuff when it comes down to it. So I thought I would just end the year with a confession to everybody, and I might be the only one here that's like that, but it's beautiful now, but there was frost on my window earlier this morning. I thought, well, that'd be a good way to avoid frost on your window as a garage, but anyway, I might be the only one. Maybe this will be our 2024. We made some strides in 23, so maybe 24 will be our year. Maybe definitely now, since I've announced it for everybody to know that that is our problem. So as we go into David, like I said, we're going to have a chance in our own lives to reflect on 2023 as we go into 2024. And I don't want you to get caught off guard with that. So just keep in mind, that's what your sticky notes are for, not not for, well, you could draw if you want, I guess, but it's for the end. And so 
keep mind of that as we dig into David. I don't know what 2023 looked like for each of you. I know for some, it had some exceedingly painful moments. I know that for some, you had joyous moments. And for most of us, we probably had a little bit of both. Regardless, I would suspect that 2023 maybe didn't look like what you expected 2023 to look like because we simply can't know what's going to happen in the future. We have hopes and dreams and desires of what might happen or, or what could happen. But then life and circumstances happen, right? Sometimes bad weather happens. Sometimes we have joys of new relationships and new life. And sometimes we have the heart-wrenching sorrow of broken relationships or loss of life. Sometimes we have new careers and opportunities. And sometimes we lose our jobs and are out looking for new jobs. Sometimes we have new friendships. And sometimes the Lord peels some friendships away from us. All kinds of stuff happen, and all of you are testimony to that. In fact, if we spent all day, we wouldn't hear all the testimony of what has happened in our lives in 2023. And for some of those reasons, you're glad to say goodbye to 2023. I know that I saw someone said there's a, you all probably know it better than I do, so I shouldn't just talk out of my head sometimes, but I do, that their tradition of opening a door to let out 2023 And then I heard someone say, I'm going to open up all the windows and doors in the house to let it go and bring in a new year. We, we base our lives on a calendar, and we celebrate that. We know that God is beyond a calendar. He didn't wake up today. Well, he doesn't sleep. But he didn't go, oh, my, it's the last year, last day of 23. What are we going to do? God already knows. So that is something we can have in our heart as we move forward. But we do celebrate this, right? We celebrate the beginning of school. We celebrate birthdays. We celebrate anniversaries. Calendars are like a marker in our life. And so today we kind of focus on that a little bit. Maybe you had a great year of spiritual growth. Maybe you're here today thinking, man, I've been closer to Jesus than I ever have before. And for some of us or some of you, maybe it's been like, hmm, may I don't feel as close to God as I thought I would by the end of this year. The good news is wherever we are in our relationship with the Lord, or even if we're still asking questions about Jesus, he's inviting us in 2024 to go deeper with him and to grow spiritually and to live with him in and through all of our circumstances. I think what we can agree on is that we have no control. Does anyone here... I know some of you like to have control. That's not what I'm asking. Do you have control? Do we have control over our lives? No. Some of us like to think we have control over our lives, and it makes us feel safer. But the reality is we don't have control. But the good news is there is a sovereign God who knows us, who loves us, who wants his best for us, And he's not surprised about anything that happened in 2023. And whether it was good or hard or even torturous for you, he walked with you through it. And whatever's going to happen in 2024, he is already there. He's already been through it, and he's going to be with us in 2024. So as we've traveled with David in the last several months, I think we've seen, too, that he's been with him. We've seen that 
David's life, David's story that maybe we thought was his story from early days in, in our Sunday school classes was really God's story. It wasn't his story. We think that um, David was this great man of God, but he knew that he came from Jesse. He knew that his dad really wasn't much. We know that he, Samuel went to get David he went to find the king. He had Jesse bring all of his sons. And then when he brought his sons, he said, isn't there one more? And he's like, mm, there is one more. He's out in the fields. And he's like, go get him. And when he brought him, that's when he said, hey, this is the first time he was anointed as king. And then what did David do? He went back out with the sheep. And from then on, we see a story of David, and we've heard it, of how God has worked miraculously in his life. It was God's power that he overcame Goliath. It was God's power that delivered Jerusalem into his hands and out of the ones that were coming to invade it, that had overtaken all the lands before. It was God's power that was with him, even in the running. God was with him even in his shortfalls. David knew that he depended on God. And so when we're here in 2 Samuel 23, we're looking at David's last words. Now, they're not, in fact, David's last words. David's last words on his deathbed are found in 2 Kings um, verse 9. But Scripture here says that it's David's last words. And so they're super important for us to hear because it's God speaking through him. So let's hear this. If you need a Bible, um, I think, Jay, someone, Bibles. If you need a Bible, we'll, do you need a Bible? Who needs a Bible? No one? Jay's here with Bibles. We want you to have a Bible. <laughs> That's giving you time to find 2 Samuel 23. All right, listen to God's word. These are the last words of David. The inspired utterance of David, son of Jesse, the utterance of the man exalted by the Most High, the man anointed by the God of Jacob, the hero of Israel's songs. The Spirit of the Lord spoke through me. His word was on my tongue. The God of Israel spoke. The rock of Israel said to me, when one rules over people in righteousness, when he rules in the fear of God, he is like the light of morning at sunrise on a cloudless morning, like the brightness after rain that brings grass from the earth. If my house were not right with God, surely he would not have made with me an everlasting covenant, arranged and secured in every part. Surely he would not bring fruition to my salvation and grant me every desire. But evil men are are all to be cast aside like thorns, which are not gathered with the hand. Whoever touches thorns uses a tool of iron or shaft of a spear. They are burned up where they lie. As King David, he's old here. He's not on his deathbed. As he reflects on his life, he leans into his identity. Do you see that early on as the son of Jesse? He says right at the start, the inspired utterance of David, son of Jesse. But then he says that he knows that this is a word of God speaking through him. He recognized that he was King David. He realized, it says it himself, the hero of Israel's song, God of Jacob. He's a hero of Israel's song. He realizes that he's a king, not because of David, but because of God. 
So as he's reflecting on his life, his identity in God comes out first. He knew that his strength came from the Lord. Then he also knew that the Lord, the covenant God made with him was everlasting, and it was because of God's faithfulness and not his. He knew that in 2 Samuel 7, God made a covenant with David that would be everlasting and that a kingdom would come after him that would last forever. We know that kingdom as Jesus came from the sprout of Jesse, right? From the house of David. And so that is a kingdom that they're talking about. David would not have exactly known what that would have meant at the moment, but he knew that the covenant of God is everlasting. David knew also that he had sinned against the Lord. We know he had sinned against the Lord. We read of his times that he had not done what God wanted him to do in ways today that would make us shake our head in shame, right? But he still followed God, and he's still known today as a man after God's own heart. And I believe what we see and hear from David in these few verses is that he knows that it's God's faithfulness that is the covenant more than his faithfulness, although he knows that he has to respond out of obedience. And so in our life, we have that covenant. God fulfilled that covenant. He put on skin. We just celebrated the birth of Jesus, right? That God incarnate, he put on skin to be with us. God is faithful and he does what he says he's going to do. And yet, our faithfulness, we grow in our faithfulness with God, and he asks us to live in obedience to him. And so as we look back and as we look forward, we might ask God, where have I been living faithfully to you? Where have I been living in obedience to you? What have I been doing in my life that shows that I am a woman or a man after your heart like David was. David isn't known as a man after God's own heart because of his perfections. Rather, it's in spite of things that he has done and his special relationship with the Lord. And the great news is, is that God wants us and invites us into that same relationship. And these verses, which also as a psalm, shows God's, uh, shows David's trust of God, doesn't it? He knew, he reflects over all the times, and we learned here and worship together. How many times did he run from his enemies? How many times was he hiding in caves? And yet, he is the great king, but he trusted that God would protect him in all of these things. He said, if my house were not right with God, surely he would not have made an everlasting covenant, arranged and secured in every part. Surely he would not bring to fruition my salvation and grant me every desire. But evil men are all to be cast aside like thorns, which are not gathered with the hand. Whoever touches thorns uses a tool of iron or a shaft of a spear. They are burned up where they lie. What does he say? He says, all the evil men are to be cast aside. He knows that his God is his deliverer. And I believe as we look into the next year that God wants us to know that he is our deliverer. He is our redeemer. You may be sitting here today feeling like you have messed up and you have messed up big and there's no going back. 
And there is truth that we have to live with our earthly consequences, but eternal consequences are different. God brings us forgiveness. He brings us wholeness. He did it for David, and he does it for us. We visited victories with David that were made only possible through God. And I would submit that in your life and in my life, there are victories in 2023 that are only possible by God's hand. That there are provisions in our life that are only possible by God's hand. That God had placed you in situations that could only happen because of him. And like David, we need to give God the glory for what he has done. He understood what made a godly ruler. Now, none of us here in this room are rulers over a kingdom, right? We may think we're rulers over a kingdom, but I'm going to say we're not, except God does give us responsibility for people, doesn't he? God gives us responsibility for our family. God gives us responsibility for people in our workplaces. God gives us responsible for responsibility for people in our community, in our friend group, in our family groups. And we need to be like David and realize not that we're ruling over people, but in leading people in the ways of God, just like David realized that he needed him to rule, to lead people in a godly manner. These verses, he's like the light of morning at sunrise on a cloudless morning, like the brightness after rain that brings grass from the earth. Can't you see that? We live at the beach. You know what that looks like when you see the sun coming up over the water and it's a day like today. We have a Sunday without rain. God is so good to us for that. I really needed that today and I'm really thankful God gave us sun today. But you know what that looks like? He's comparing his faithful ruling as a leader to that of a perfect day, clean and fresh and crisp. And so when God gives us responsibility for people, volunteering, serving, however he calls us to be, the first thing we need to do is recognize that it's from God and that he teaches us how to do that. He gives us responsibility because he trusts us with his people. He trusts us with children. He trusts us with each other in leading and living life together as Christ followers. He trusts us in sharing the gospel and sharing what he does with other people. And so like David, we need to see what it means to be a faithful leader. And then again, I had already read, if my house were not right with God, surely you would not have made with me an everlasting covenant, arranged and secured in every part. Surely he would not bring to fruition my salvation and grant me my every desire. What is so important about our house being in order? He was a mighty warrior. He knew his perfections. And yet here that one verse, if my house were not right with God, He would not have made with me an everlasting covenant. He recognized that even within his imperfection, he had been made right with God because he had become um, penitent. He had brought forth. He said, God, don't let your Holy Spirit be removed from me. Forgive me. I want to be in relationship with you. And he knew that God had restored their relationship. And so there might be an area in your life or my life that we're like, God, this is kind of a mess. 
but I want my house to be in order with you. And we're going to talk about that in just a few minutes. He trusted that the Lord established his house, he established his kingdom, and that he would keep his kingdom. And I think for us, looking back at 2023 and praying going forward, we need to recognize that God has us on purpose and he has established our house. He's established his house and that he calls us to be a part of it because of his faithfulness. And then we grow in faithfulness. So we're going to pull this together in a moment, but I want you to flip over to Psalm 37 that Justin shared with us a little bit ago. And we're going to read verses 1 through 7 and 34 through 40. But I encourage you later today or this week to go back and read the entirety of this psalm. This psalm would have been written about the same time, just as we've been sharing over the past several weeks. Do not fret because of those who are evil or be envious of those who do wrong. For the grass, for like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do this. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. And then verse 34. Hope in the Lord and keep his way. He will exalt you to inherit the land where the, I'm so sorry. When the wicked are destroyed, you will see it. I have seen a wicked and ruthless man flourishing like a luxuriant, oh, I skipped right over, didn't I? Nope, flourishing like a native tree, but he soon passed away and was no more. Though I looked for him, he could not be found. Consider the blameless, observe the upright. A future awaits for those who seek peace. But all sinners will be destroyed. There will be no future for the wicked. The salvation of the righteous comes from the Lord. He is their stronghold in time of trouble. The Lord helps them and delivers them. He delivers them from the wicked and saves them because they take refuge in him. So what is the theme? Committing ourselves to the Lord, trusting him, seek righteousness, hope in the Lord, follow him, and he will give us the desires of our heart. These go so well with his last words that we just read about shining like the light of the new day in our own hearts this year, leaving one year and going into another. So there's a few takeaways. If you're taking notes, you might want to take note of these. One, understand, believe, and live in the truth that your identity is in Jesus. God did some of his greatest work when he created you, when he created us. This is the first thing we need to do. We need to live in that reality. David did. He knew his identity. He came from his father, Jesse, but he knew everything that he was was owed to the sovereign God. And sometimes the most thing that God, I mean, the enemy comes after our identity more than any other thing. He wants you to think that you are less than. He wants us to think that we are incapable. He wants us to dwell on the ways that we have fallen short. He wants us to dwell in guilt and shame. And God says, no, look to me. I created you. I breathe breath into you. You are mine. That is what David's reflections were. 
He said, I came from Jesse, but I owe everything to the faithfulness of my father. And my identity is in him. At the end of his life, in his old age, he didn't reflect upon his sin. He didn't reflect upon guilt. He didn't reflect upon the ways that he felt short. He reflected on what God the Father did for him. And so today, whatever that fight is within your identity and my identity, go to the word for truth. The only truth for who we are is found right here. And this year, you probably had challenges to your identity that the enemy wanted to strip you of your identity in God, whether it's a broken relationship or whether it was a diagnosis or whether it was an illness or maybe something happened within your life and your finances or your job or those life-changing circumstances that the enemy likes to use to strip us of who we are. And so when we go into the new year, say, no, I am a child of God. I'm not perfect, but I am redeemed. I'm not perfect, but he has saved me. David gave thanks to God for his salvation. We should give thanks to God for our salvation. He knew he did not come from royal stock. He came from Jesse. He was a shepherd. But guess what? Because of Jesus, we now come from royal stock. We've been grafted into the kingdom. On our own, we're not. But with Jesus, we are. And not for us to think of ourselves more, to think of ourselves better than others, but to think, look, I have all these shortfallings, but I have Jesus. I have done wrong, but he has forgiven me. I might think I can't, but he thinks I can. Go into 2024 with a renewed identity that is completely based in Jesus there's someone here that needs to tune in that sometimes those identity problems come from things people say to us or have done to us. And we hold on to those things for a really long time. And when they get in the way, they get in the way when God's pushing us out to do something for him. And then what we hear in our head is what someone else has said. And what I want to tell you today is to leave that behind. Leave that behind and walk forward in the truth that your identity is found in him. Two, seek the Lord in all his word to be in your heart and on your tongue. David said in verse 2 in 2 Samuel, The spirit of the Lord spoke through me. His word was on my tongue. You hear this from me all the time. Read your Bible. Get into the Word every day. It's worth it. Do it. And you're like, oh, okay. It's like peanuts. You're going to hear that. I'm supposed to say that, right? I say that because it makes a difference, because it's life-changing, because all the stuff we just talked about, our identity, when we're in the Word, the Word teaches us who we are. The Word teaches us how to live. It is a challenge. It's not easy. If it were easy, we would all do it without even thinking about it. It's hard because we all have, well, we all have the same 24 hours. I'm going to tell you that right now. We all have 24 hours, and then we fill it with lots of things. We all have responsibilities. We all have things to do. But as Justin said, the word is the most important part of our life. 
And what if we did get up 15 minutes or 30 minutes earlier in the morning to start with God's word in our minds and in our hearts? Last year, we, we followed a reading plan together as a, as a church, as a tribe, and we're going to do the same thing, the same reading plan, except, guess what, this year we have one extra day. We've already fixed that. We have that accounted for. I knew to look for that because I've missed that in the past in my life. So every year I check for that extra day. Rachel's already updated the website. You can find the full year reading plan on our website. I think we have a QR code that's going to come up here in just a second. Also, we have the cards at Rachel's desk that usually have two months at a time. You can stick that in your Bible. You can cross it off. But let me encourage you in this. Don't do it by yourself. If you do it by yourself, when you miss, it's not going to matter. And when we miss once, it doesn't seem like a big deal. But then we miss another day, then another day, then another day. And soon we just kind of walk away from it, not with ill intentions. We, the enemy likes to think we don't have time to do it. But if you have a circle of friends or your small group or your spouse or your family or your kids or just a group of like one or two or three friends, you can just say, hey, um, this stood out to me in the reading today. Or you can ask each other. You can encourage and hold each other accountable. Not to be mean, but to say, hey, I care about you, and I want us to read the word together every day this year. And again, we're going to do it chronologically, just like we did last year. There was so much, even I was learning and reading it chronologically and putting things together in different ways than I never had before. And I've studied the Bible for a really long time. And when you read the Bible every day, there's going to be days that you're like, I can't believe that's in the Bible. There's going to be days that you're going to say, I don't know why that's in the Bible. There's going to be days that you say, when I read this with my kid, I need to skip those verses for my young children. The Bible is so full of life. And it will change your life. It changes my life when I read it every single day. Make that commitment. It's really easy because tomorrow is January 1st. So guess what? We all get a fresh start. And what happens if you get behind? What happens if you do really well in January and then you drop off and then it gets to June and you're like, oh, we're halfway through the year. I don't even need to bother. No. When you realize that on June 10th, you pick up the paper and say, June 10th, this is where I am, and you start reading. The other thing that happens when we get behind is we say, oh, I can't catch up. I don't, why bother? Why bother? It's the word of God. Just jump back on. Because guess what we're going to do next year? We're going to read it again. So you'll catch up with parts that you missed this year. Please do it. That's what David, the word was on his tongue because he knew the word. We need the word on our tongue in our life when times of trial come up or when we're encouraging someone or when we're praying or when we're seeking direction. You never know when the word of God is going to come upon your tongue simply because you have read it. Not even always because you've committed it to memory. God will bring up what you need to know when you need to know it. And so I hope you will join us in reading. I will tell you, if you read it with us last year, you learned that in chronologically, Job comes up really fast. 
which can be discouraging at the beginning of a new calendar year, but we know he's there, and so now we're ready for him. And if you have a friend, you can get through it together. I promise you still will find encouragement in Job. I just remember thinking, wow, it's the beginning of the year, and this is a little bit of heaviness right at the beginning of the year. So now I've, I've dispelled the myth for you, and you'll be ready um, when, you, when you come to it. All right, number three, make sure your heart, your house is right with the Lord. Trust in the Lord and commit your ways to him. Remember, David said that you saw if my house were not right with the Lord. What I'm talking about now is our relationship with Jesus. Our house, our spirit, our heart. Are we on fire for him? Are we professing but not living fully following Jesus? Are we asking questions, wondering who this Jesus is? Because if we go into the new year knowing that our heart is on fire for Jesus and that we're leaning into him and that we want to follow him and obey him, I can promise you that circumstances are going to come that might be hard. They might be horrific. They might be beyond your imagination. But when you're following Jesus and your house is in order, your heart is in order, it makes everything easier as we walk life's path of circumstances that we don't control, right? We already established we can't control our life, but we look at things differently. We know they're temporary. We know that sometimes they stem from the evil in this world. We know that God is aware and he's with us. He's not abandoned us and he will be with us on the other side. Where is your heart with Jesus? Do you want to take that extra step and go deeper with Jesus this year and say, man, I'm going to follow you wholeheartedly. I'm going to do whatever you want me to do. I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to worship. I'm going to pray. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to serve others. I'm going to give. I want to be all in in 2024. That will make a difference of what December 31st, 2024 looks like compared to January 1st when we do that. Are you willing to be a witness for him in your community? David was a witness. He wasn't afraid to tell people about God. That's what he's doing here. His psalms, the psalms that he wrote, are a witness. What is our song to the Lord? What is your song to the Lord? He knew his relationship had been made right, that he had that special relationship. And I just believe today, friends, that Jesus is saying, I want that with you. I want more than that hour. I want to be with you every single moment of every single day. And when you sleep, I want to take every one of your thoughts captive for me. What if we did that in 2024? Get in a small group to help you. You hear that from us because we live it and we believe it. If you're not in a small group, ask one of us. Ask me or Tommy or Jay or Skip or Ashton or Amy or any of us. We'll help connect you to a small group. It will be the best thing you will ever do to have a group that you show up even when you don't want to show up. Because when you show up, God moves. When you don't want to show up, it probably means God's getting ready to do something big and you need to show up. We need each other. We need community. Number four, straight from Psalm 37, verse four, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. (laughs) Some of you are thinking, 
okay, sure. I've been praying for something for a really long time, and I've yet to see it. And in fact, it makes me a little bit heartbroken. Some of you might be thinking, well, I have seen God work, but should I ask for things? He's not a genie. He's not a genie. He's not a genie. But he does love us, and he wants to bless us. And the thing that happens when we fully devote our life to him and follow him deeply our desires begin to reflect his desires for us. He starts to take desires away from us that aren't helpful in our relationship with him or with others. Sometimes he'll change our desires or he doesn't fulfill them because he knows it's not going to be helpful to us or it might even harm us. And sometimes it's just simply not his timing. That's really hard for us sometimes to think that it's not his timing, but he loves you. I often say this in this verse in my messages because I believe it to be true from Zephaniah 3.17. The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. He delights in you. Think about someone that you delight in. And what kind of feelings does that bring to your heart? He loves us individually. We're not just one big mishmash pot of people. It's individually. He delights in you. Sometimes I think about that like when we see little kids dancing and singing and how joyful they are. That's how he feels about us. That's how he feels about you, and he wants you to know it. There are things that we desire sometimes that are simply not part of God's plan. And we have a hard time understanding that. But we also have to believe that his plans for us are good and his purposes for us are good. And we need to trust in his perfect timing and keep bringing those things to him until he changes them or he does something about them. Don't be afraid of that. And finally, also from Psalm 37, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. I might be the only one in here, but I don't really care for being still and waiting patiently. Anybody else? We like things instantaneously. We can have popcorn in 3.5 minutes on the microwave. If you wait 30 seconds more, you can put fresh butter on your popcorn. All in all, that's four minutes, right? Took a, took a lot longer time ago, right, before microwave popcorn. But now, when we want something, we want it now. And that even goes when we feel like God wants something for us. When we feel like God's speaking something into our heart or into our lives, we think, okay, it's going to happen tomorrow, or, okay, it's going to happen the next day. Okay, and it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen for 20 years. It doesn't happen for 30 years. That's not always the case, but it can happen. But David says to be still and wait patiently and don't fret when people succeed in their ways. You see, sometimes we compare ourselves to other people. And we're like, oh, look, look at their successes. Look at how well they're doing, and I'm struggling. Look at their happiness, and I still don't have whatever it is within my heart, and we compare ourselves to them. But here's the truth. The only thing that really matters 
is our heart in the Lord's. Sometimes we think we see success in other people, but we have seen it. You've probably seen it in own personal friends' lives or your own life. We've seen it in stars and, and singers and actors that seem to have all the money in the world and all the success, and yet their turmoil within them is so great it destroys them. So what we see as success is not always success. Success is following a life that's faithful to the Lord. Success is trusting. Success is waiting for him in our lives. What we see on the outside doesn't always reflect what's on the inside. As we see from the life of David, the enemy is very much alive and kicking in his life, right? He's trying to get him off the throne. He's trying to scare him to run away. But David overcomes by the power of God. And the enemy wants the same thing for you. He wants to distract you from the goodness of God. But what about 2024? Instead of allowing that to happen, be intentional and say, I'm going to hold on to Jesus. I'm going to cling to the hem of his robe. I'm going to invest in my relationship with Jesus more than I ever have done in my whole life. This is a year that is going to be marked by my relationship with the Lord. And therefore, you will be a light to others, and you will be a witness to others, and others will come to know the goodness of God. And you're going to find that God is good. He loves you. You're going to find that he's providential, that he's powerful, that he has good purposes and plans for your life, that he's always present for you. Take note of those characteristics of God. And as you read the Bible every day, look for the characteristics of God. And you're going to see that what I'm saying is true. He's present. He's purposeful. He provides for us. He has plans for you. He cares about you. Study those. So, so what do we do with all this? There's a lot of information in 2 Samuel 23 and the Psalms and, and these five points that I've given to you. What are we going to do before we leave is we're going to take some time. You have those stickies. Everybody needs to get your sticky. Find your sticky note. In our response time, in addition to communion and lighting a candle or praying, what I want us to do is look back over 2023, much like David was looking back over his life and his old age. And on your sticky note, simply write one or two things that you celebrate from 2023 that God did, that you give God glory for in your life. And then write one thing maybe two things that you want to submit to the Lord that you're praying into in 2024, that you desire the Lord to move in your life. Maybe something you've been praying for a long time, maybe something you've never even confessed to the Lord. You don't have to put your name on it. You can if you want. After you fill out your sticky note, you're going to put it on one of the glass, on one of the windows that doesn't have a blind on it and see we're already making kind of a stained glass to see God's glory shine through. Following the service this week, I'm going to take them down. We'll pray for some of them in staff meeting. I'm going to take others and give them out among my small groups to pray for so that we continue to celebrate and pray into 2024. 
And so you're going to write down two things you celebrate, one or two things that you are surrendering or submitting to the Lord in prayer into 2024. And you're going to get up and you're going to put it on one of the windows around the room. We're going to worship a few songs and then Ashton will pray us out. If you're still responding to the Lord, stay as long as you want. I think we get a lot of encouragement from David, one of the greatest kings in history, a man after God's own heart. But we see an open book of his life or where he fell short, and we can, we can relate to that. And we also know that God forgives us and redeems us, makes us whole, and fills us with his Holy Spirit. So let's pray. Holy God. Lord, we thank you so much for your goodness. We thank you, Jesus, for people like David. You called him from nothing to be a great king. He sinned and fell short of the mark. You forgave him. He continued to be king, and he's known as a man after your own heart, not because of who he is, but because of who you are. Thank you for choosing us to love you. Thank you for loving us in spite of ourselves, for loving us so much that you came to be with us. As we reflect on 2023, Jesus, help us to celebrate what you have done in our lives and also surrender, surrender the things that weigh most heavily upon our hearts to you, trusting that you care and trusting that you delight in us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you again for joining us online. We hope you enjoyed the message. To connect with us, you can follow us on Instagram or Facebook. For more information on who we are, check out our website, midtownvineyardchurch.com. We'd love to hear from you. Make sure you leave us a review or drop us a comment. Until next time, have a great day.